When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up. Get your sorry ass up. Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen you before, huh? Man, go tell the coach you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We are back. It took about a week off, had some stuff going on. As you guys can tell, my voice is still a little messed up, but uh, we're going to fight through it because we've got a really great guest on with us today. We are part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. We have some a great group of podcasts that are part of this. Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of The Consistency Show, The consistency guide and the creator of the midwest fantasy expo ourselves as well a ton of others you can find all of us on fulltimefantasy.com we are also excited to be partnering with expandtheboxscore.com you can find them at xt box score on twitter they have some of the best football and college stats in the industry uh their subscription is extremely cheap it is just ten dollars i believe i'm sorry fifteen dollars a month and if you use our code round table you get ten percent off of that and i'm wrong again i believe it's fifteen dollars a year it's it's just extremely cheap it's a great tool to use if you want to look at prospects nfl players i mean we're obviously getting into the nfl draft times the nfl draft is still going on if you want to dive into the analytical side of these nfl NFL prospects, I would definitely suggest checking out the website. It's what I used. If you follow me on Twitter, a lot of the stats that I post come straight from their website. As I mentioned, as the rain is just pouring down here in Texas, we have a special guest for us today, Mr. Matthew Fox, who you can follow at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, and Dennis Bennett, who you can follow at culture underscore coach are with me today and we're going to be talking with a special guest about what he does in the fantasy industry so let's get everybody on here and let's jump in and record another great episode today and as i mentioned we've got dennis bennett what's going on dennis how you been since we last talked yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones. I get to go into work. So uh, yeah, well, I think all of us are essential. I know I've been having to go into work as well. Matt, I believe you you have to work at least somewhat. I know you've been lucky that you get to work from home here and there. How are you handling everything going on and all the uh, quarantines all over the United States? Doing pretty good. Yeah, Colorado changed on uh, Thursday to a more strict uh, limit. So I've been working home since then, but I'm going in. I think it's on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to uh, having a little bit of a change of view. I think my cat was super excited that she uh, – that was that's the real learning in this entire thing. Our pets wish to be alone during the, during the day. <laughs> they get annoyed if you are home all the time. Right. Well, we've got a special guest with us, as I mentioned, so let's go ahead and jump him on here and, and start talking about everything he does uh, in the fantasy industry. And our special guest that's joining us today is Emil Cadlick. You can find him at Fantasy Nation on Twitter. He does a ton of stuff in the industry. He was uh, he started with Pro Football 
Pro Forecast Magazine, co-founded uh, the WCOFF on .com. Big effing, it's a big effing deal. He does everything from cheat sheets, <laughs> pro forecasts, draft books. He's part of the Football Diehards magazine. He is responsible for footballdiehards.com, which I know everybody has heard of. Emil, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to the three of us. How are you doing today, and how are you surviving this uh, new uh, world that we live in here? Well, first off, thanks for having me on your show. And uh, I've been in this business. It'll be the 31st. I don't turn the TV on and I don't listen to the radio. That helps me get by with what's going on now by ignoring it. Very uh, nice. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could do Well, I pretty much do do the same thing. When I listen to the radio, most of the time, all I do, I'm 100% listening to sports talk radio, and there's absolutely nothing to talk about right now. So I really don't I listen to any radio either. Uh, but as we uh, we tend to do, we like to get our get. I'd like to get to know our guests when they jump on here. So, how long have you been in the fantasy football industry, and how long have you been playing fantasy football? I started playing in uh, 1981. Uh, my my uh, friend of mine, we used to always get together on Monday nights and watch the NFL. You know, watch the NFL Monday night game, and the first game in '81. We went over to his house, and he had this little sheet of paper with players on it. And he goes, I got a – so-and-so's got a score tonight, uh, or I'm going to lose. And I said, what's that? He goes, oh, it's fantasy football. This is my roster. And he explained it to me, and I created a league two weeks later that's still going on today. That's how wow. I got started. And then after a handful of years, you know, you go to the newsstand, you know, late 80s, and there was nothing really that you could find fantasy perspective so, so foolishly i said i'm gonna make a magazine in 1990 i'm gonna make a fantasy football magazine somehow it worked out but it's probably a stupid idea but it uh, it worked out like that's better than nothing stupid ideas always seem to be the best ideas <laughs> well there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of things and so you know. had had you been involved with publishing or journalism prior to that? No, as a matter of fact, I'm an electrical engineer. I have a master's degree in electrical engineering. I'm dyslexic, if you know what that is. I do. Oh, so I'm you know I can't write, can't read, <laughs> but I can publish. Right on. So yeah, I had had nothing to do with it. I just was a fa- fa- football fanatic since I was you know a young child in the '60s. And uh, it just, you know, started playing. And then when the idea came up, turns out there were a handful of magazines already out at the time. I just didn't know it. I probably would have gave up if I'd have known. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Hey, can we uh, back up for just a second? So you said you started your first league in 1981 and it's still going on. Does it still have the same people? Some of them are there. Yeah, we started with eight. Some have passed away. We're up to 14. I really don't like 14. It's a dynasty league. Started out that way, and it's been that way. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot of guys still in it of the initial eight as we grew. Uh, I keep trying to get them to their six point per touchdown, basic scoring, nothing else. Okay. And gotcha. every couple of years we go, we have our little meeting and I say, well, guys, you know, why don't we do, you know, flare it up like, uh, and they're like, well, what? This is the greatest league that's ever had. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, never mind, never mind. You know, how about PPR? What the heck is that? I said, how about like 
distance, you know, four, six, six, ten, ten, ten. He goes, what's that? You know, and they just get mad at me. So I just give up. I just, they want to 30, 30, 38 years, 39 years, 40 years, whatever it is, 30, 38, 49 30 years. And they still have six points for touchdowns and nothing else, but they love it. So that's, what's important. Wow. That is, that is awesome. That, in all honesty, that that's really awesome. Uh, before we move on to talking about everything you do, do you have a favorite uh, football team? Um, now I don't really. Okay. When I was a kid, you know, like 66, 67, I lived in Albuquerque, and I still do. And the Cowboys were the only team on. So that was my team when I was a little kid. But, you know, now I just like to watch quality football and quality players. And, I, you know, I can start liking – like Fitzpatrick, how could you not like watching that guy quarterback at whatever age he is? Right. He's just fun to watch. He's funny. I remember watching the game uh, about a year or so ago when the opposing team was kicking a field goal and it was, it was going to beat him. And they showed him on the sideline and he was blowing like he was going to blow in to blow the ball away. And he and the guy next to him were just laughing. I'm like, you got to love this guy. He's just having fun. So I, I enjoy, you know, just players in general and the competition. And, you know, if the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, I'd probably be rooting for them because, you know, when I was eight, nine years old. But I really like football in general. So being uh, like I can relate to where you're coming from. Uh, well, I haven't played fantasy that long. I, I tell people all the time, like I've been a football fan uh, so long that uh, number 20 for the Lions to me is uh, Lem Barney Hall of Fame cornerback. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a I, I'm a diehard Lions fan. I adopted the Browns when I moved to Ohio, so I know losing. So I feel kind of jealous with you, you know, having generally a good team out there rooting for Dallas as a kid. So playing in the touchdown only league, did you – what sort of thought goes into uh, setting up your draft board uh, for the rookies? It's you know how do you how do you determine with your rookie drafts? You know where where are you headed at? Is it ha- running back heavy then? It's very quarterback heavy initially. And, you know, quarterbacks can score thirty touchdowns, and they're worth six points also. Oh, okay. So quarterbacks are heavy. Quarterbacks are big. Your running backs are big, but you don't want your uh, Duke Johnson, who never scores touchdowns. He's worthless in that league. <laughs> right. So you're really looking at guys you know will be in at the goal line or receivers that are going to be thrown to at the goal line. It's all, you know, it's it annoys me. I really wish I could get him to change it because I'm in so many more skillful leagues. And I don't mean to say it's not skillful, but it could be more skillful. But yeah, you're you're just looking at the touchdowns. So quarterbacks are huge. You know, quarterbacks go crazy, and they're very important. If you get a hot quarterback who's scoring forty touchdowns, you know that's really helping your team out. So, so your rookie draft must your rookie draft must almost feel like being in a super flex with that much of an emphasis on quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You got to have a good quarterback, and you know you're going to go deep. And of course, it's it's a 14 team league, and our roster is like around 19 or 18 or 20. So you're watching the waiver wires, and they're picking up some just fifth, you know, some quarterback who just got picked up 
off of nowhere and is going nowhere and they're picking them up and you got to do that. You know, you got to have your pole in the water if you want to catch fish. Um, one of my problems is I'm so busy and I got so many leagues. I don't really pay attention to that league as much as I should, even though it's the original league I created to guys they're They go nuts. They're, they're really enthusiastic and you're, you don't find players out there very often. You've got to be really on top of it in that league. So, do you guys do a live rookie draft, or is oh, it yeah. online we, now? We meet at a house. You know, we usually meet at the guy who won the league's house. Most of them are in Albuquerque, and the people are out of city or out of state. You know, we have lists for them, and we meet and bring a bunch of food. And you know, it's like the second weekend, second Saturday of August, and we we you know it's funny now. You know, we're like, hey, we're still alive, great. And we take pictures and just glad you know a whole different perspective now. Now that everybody's kind of old. Right. So you started out publishing with uh, the, what was it? The Pro Pro Forecast Magazine in 1990. And then you, uh, did you get into the high stakes with the the World Championship of Fantasy Football before you started doing best ball? Or or what was sort of the timeline there? Yeah. um, The timeline of the, the uh, best ball came first. I was in Fanex football. It's still around. I, I got out of it for a while. And they used to do slow drafts on my fantasy league when my fantasy league was pretty young, like in the mid-90s. And in 98, they said, hey, um, let's do two drafts because we want we're doing slow drafts. It takes like, what, two weeks. And they wanted to give advice to the customers over a longer period of time there in preseason. So one of them said, oh. That's too many leagues. Two leagues is too many leagues. You believe that? <laughs> oh my God, we can't have two. I think so. Matt, one guy Matt's emailed. in like 38 leagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one guy emailed, it was this email chain. I wish I still had it. I'll have to bear it on one of my computers in the basement. And one guy says, well, let's do a mock. We'll do a second one, it's a mock, slow mock. And he says, oh, it's just a mock. It doesn't matter. So I emailed back. I said, well, let's do this. Let's have uh, on Tuesday morning, let's have the commissioner pick our optimal lineup. We'll have no free agency. And, you know, we'll, we won't have to manage the team. And we'll have a real result. And they go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try that. And we called it the fantasy analysis draft. And that was 22 years ago. Now, as you know, best ball has gone absolutely insane. Which is a wonderful thing. It's a great. It's a great uh, part of the uh, the hobby, and it was it was funny how that is. I, I I would love to go back on that computer and find that little because um, I've had I've had people in the business tell me that I really didn't create it, even though I created it. Right. Which which is a whole other story about the uh, the business of fantasy sports. Yeah. Well, b- business in general can get kind of screwy. I don't know if you've watched Tiger King. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. Yes, we it's had a to show get that on in Netflix. There. It's a show on Netflix right now. About uh, privately owned zoos. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. Is it yeah. should I try and watch it or should I run from it? Oh, it depends on what kind of train ride. I mean, like. it's both. You know, I had a friend who uh, who made a comment and they're like, "Did you, you know, I didn't find it enjoyable." And I'm like, "Enjoy is not the word I would use. It's it's like seeing an accident, but you can't really leave from it. Well, that's pretty good. 
That is a good one. I'm I'm into uh, Better Call Saul. Okay, that's uh, a good one. Uh, my wife was actually my wife and I were on it. We did extra work a couple times. Right, they film out nice. there, right? Yeah, a lot of films out there. We were on um, M- the Messiah. Oh, I saw some of this. Yeah, it's on. Um, it was the Netflix. trial. It was the trial. Uh, uh, you know. Issue or whatever, it's my mind's episode. 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 So we we got on that for like four seconds. It was actually fun. It's fun. It's good entertainment. It's tiring because you're there like 12 hours a day doing it. But it's interesting to watch how films are made, how much energy they put into making films. Yeah, I think making films is like doing a uh, putting together a magazine. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens, and then bam, it's there for you know a short time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. This whole this whole business is a lot of work. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work. But uh, it's been fun. It's it's insane that it's been 31 years. It'll be a 31st season this year doing magazines. Yeah, we started are... our website in '96. So okay. So, um, have you fantasy football? Like I I don't I don't play other fantasy sports, but I a lot of the guys we have in leagues with us and stuff do like uh, sports fanatic MBs. He started out as a fantasy baseball guy. Did you ever foray into any of the other sports or, or is it always strictly been football? We were just into football, really weren't into the other sports as much. So we really didn't feel comfortable with it. And as fantasy grew, we just thought, well, you know, let's just grow within fantasy, within the football fantasy football. So we, we added the draft book magazine in 96. We added the cheat sheets magazine in 1998. We added the Die Hard magazine. I think it was 2000 or 2001. I can't remember which one. I always forget that. And we just decided to expand within what we knew well. It was probably would have been a smart idea to, um, you know, to try and do uh, baseball. Baseball probably won't, you know, would have probably been this, this better one to do. But we just didn't know it. And so we just grew in the one that we knew. So we never even touched it. Okay. I, I, I get it. I, for me, it's like, I, I grew up playing baseball was a huge baseball player. Used to, used to watch it on, uh, um, TV all the time. I was that kid who could spend time. Uh, I, I love the one, nothing baseball games. Uh, and so I would go and, and just watch baseball. But when I got into fantasy, it just, it just never really clicked for me. For me, it's always been about the football stuff. So you're more into football than into fantasy. Uh, no, I, I, I think now I, be, because I've gotten into the content side of it. Now I, I'm like full on fantasy football. So mm-hmm. I, I like, I like, I love doing the show. Matt's a fantastic host. Uh, I edit for DynastyNerds.com, so I don't write a ton anymore because I do. We do put out a bunch of articles, but I love to play. So, like, I, when I first got into Dynasty, about shoot, it's probably been six years now, seven years since oh, okay. I got into Dynasty. Um, I, I was like, well, I can do. I, I had my home league, which was a two keeper and one Dynasty, and I'm like, I don't know how how you could have more. That was like so many leagues. And then all of a sudden it was like uh, I had like eight leagues and then 12. Last year I had 22 leagues. And it's like it just kind of 
next thing you know, it spirals. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah you, I, well, you meet people and it's like, oh man, this person's really cool. And they're like, well, hey, I've got, I've got this league or I've got an orphan or I'm starting this. It's like, oh man, I really like you, man. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. I had a, uh, my adopted grandkid was playing in a flag league and the coach, his son was playing in the same, same team. And at his house, we got invited and we're all sitting in the backyard. They're all drinking beer. I'm drinking water. Cause that's, that's at this age. And they said, Hey, we're starting a fantasy league. And I said, you want to play? I said, yeah, sure. 20 bucks buy in. And they ended up on NFL fantasy. And that year, um, I had a league cuisine and, um, I hadn't used the NFL fantasy yet and we we're going to use the NFL fantasy. So, well, I called him and he, he emailed or texted me back and said, Hey, I'm out of town because he knew how to set it up. So I said, you know, if you can help me set it up, I'd appreciate it. So he called me like a week later and he says, hey, I'm back in town. I hope you set up fantasy NFL fantasy. I said, actually, uh, I got, I know a guy at, at NFL fantasy and he, he showed me how to set it up. So appreciate it. He goes, well, who'd you set it up? They said, uh, Michael Fabiano. Oh, yeah. He goes, what? He says, you mean the guy on the TV and on the, yeah. Yeah. He says, you know him? How do you know him? I said, he's in my league. <laughs> so, well, what the hell? You know, so I said, yeah, I, I do magazines and websites, fantasy. Oh, now they had to beat me. Right. Now I was an enemy. <laughs> Nobody will trade was- with you. Oh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the first year, it was funny. They had a really, I didn't like their rules. Their rules were not that good. It had, and uh, it was a very short roster, very short starting lineup. So you could literally, I could, I was jokingly with them saying, I could, I could pick a roster on free agency that would beat half the teams. And to me, that's not competition because right. you need to make it a little more skilled. Anyway, you had a, such a short roster. That was the year that um, Le'Veon Bill was a rookie and he was hurt, so he, they didn't think he was going to play till about week five. And the same year, uh, Gronkowski was hurt and they, he wasn't going to play till week four or five. So I picked those guys up late in the draft or later than they should have gone. So about the first week, I didn't have a starting tight end because the roster was so tight. I wanted to look at other players. Anyway, I started out 0-3. Also that league – the top six out of 12 made the playoffs. So I'm like, I just got to finish the sixth by the end of the season. And I've got Le'Veon Bell and Gronk. Right. right. Oh, but what I didn't know is they, they saw me at 0-3 and they were just laughing their asses off. Oh, we got this guy's stupid. He does magazines. He's on the internet. What a dumbass. Well, I ended up winning 10 straight games, going 10-3, and went through the playoffs and beat the guy in the Super Bowl. And they were not happy. So they didn't invite you and back. Then- Oh, they did. They did. I won like three out of six years and finished second twice. They finally just killed the league. Or that's what they told me anyway. Right. But it was good comedy. It was fun watching how annoyed they got. And, you know, when when you'd sit around in the flag games before they knew what I was doing, they'd always talk about the fantasy league. And as soon as they found out I was in the fantasy business, nobody would talk about the fantasy league. I don't know. Like, I don't understand it. People are hilarious. Well, it was great comedy. I know a lot of times people will ask, they'll ask me about content, putting out rankings, things like that. 
they'll ask things like, well, do you try to, you know, keep things quiet for, away from your league mates? And I'm like, not really. I'm, I'm like, you know, my rankings are what my rankings are. The players I like are the players I like. And so if I'm going to talk about a player, I'm, I'm not going to go out on Twitter and say, oh, well, I really don't like Preston Williams when I really <laughs> do like Preston Williams so that guys in my league don't draft Preston Williams. It's just, yeah. it comes with the territory, in my opinion. You just, you put your information out there. People do with it what they will. And then you make the adjustments because you're the, I get in my, it, well, for you, you're the professional. For me, I'm the dabbler. So it is what it is. So, you know, I, I've seen guys, they know, they know my love for Preston Williams. And, and I got <laughs> one guy that I'm in about five leagues with who overdrafts him. Or, or did last year when Williams was a rookie, he overdrafted him about three times. Wow. I get it. Uh, Emil, yeah, that we, is uh, funny. You're uh, not, you're not going to change your rankings. Your rankings right. are your profession. You know, obviously you're not going to do that. No. Funny how they think that. Um, Emil, I know that you're part of the uh, the high stakes industry, and uh, Dennis was actually able to be out there last year. I was supposed to go, and uh, my flight got canceled, so I wasn't able to get out there and, and be able to hang out and do all that stuff. But it's a very interesting part of this industry. How did you get, or how did you become a part of it? And, and can you kind of tell us a little bit about what uh, makes the high stakes industry so much fun? Yeah, back in um, 2001, one of my customers with uh, was Lenny Papano. He was drafting, still is draft sharks, and he bought advertising in my magazine for a few years there. And it was like maybe the second year or so. He and I would talk on the phone. We had never met, and we just kind of talk about that. There's no big Super Bowl of fantasy football. There's no big conference, and I'd been to some things before that didn't really work out, and so we just kind of talk about it. And then one day it was, you know, September, October of uh, 2001 season was on its way. And we, you know, kept kind of chatting every once in a while about it. And I said, you know, the World Series of Poker is the model because people don't want to come and listen to an expert or watch an expert. They want to be in the draft. They want to be a part of it and be one of the experts and sit next to uh, Danny Negrano, et cetera. And so like a week ago, we had created the world championship of fantasy football and I created a website and we emailed a handful of our customers, some of his, some of mine and said, would you go to a high stakes draft? You know, blah, blah, blah. We made a little paragraph and we got some of the insanest responses. I couldn't believe the traction that hit it. We had people emailing us. I had a guy say, I've been waiting nine years for this contest. And the other guy said, if you don't have this in Vegas, you're nuts. And they were just like, it, we just got exploded. It was just one of those hat one time of a lifetime where we hit something that everybody wanted. And we, you know, the next year we did it and we did it at the MGM grand. We had um, five, 540 or 552 teams. We filled a 32,000 square foot ballroom. And it was like magic. It was insane. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. And it, it, we sold it in 07, but it was a great ride. And high stakes is, is uh, you know, there's some really good people who know how to play fantasy football, and they don't have to have a name tag on them. 
And I think it was really a lot of fun. I remember, uh, oh, I have another fun story. I hope I don't take too long. You can probably edit this stuff out. But a great, a great omen. It, the contest was WCOFF. And we drew the first couple leagues out of a barrel. And we drew the first league out of the first 12 people. And the first guy out of the barrel was Team 1, Team 2, Team 12. And we put it on a message board. A guy on the message board goes, um, ha ha, funny, funny, funny. And I said, no, no, this is, this is, this is the first league. And he goes, oh yeah, sure. The number one team's name is Ward Kaufman. He says, yeah, he's the first team. He says, look at his name. W for the first name, C-O-F-F man, W Kaufman. The name of the contest is the W cough. Right. And I said, now that's an omen. That still gives me goosebumps that that happened. How'd and Ward finish? I don't remember, actually. I'll have, to, I'll have to check. But ironically, the guy in his league won the whole thing. And what was funny, Chris um, Schroeder and his wife, uh, they came to the draft. They were prepared, and they walk up to this table, and they had the tenth spot, I think it was. And all these guys were just going up to Ward, shaking his hand. I know Ward, cough, W cough, you know. And he was like, "What in the heck is going on? Who is this guy?" He thought he was like some famous guy, but he was just Ward Kaufman, who had right. you know the namesake of the of the uh, of the contest. And that that was just kind of the fun. I wish I could have bottled it. You know, you wish you could say I could create something in life that was just that just went nuts, went viral. And it, it's just something you 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 just stumbled upon. But it, it went viral. And I mean, we created an industry within the next year and two. There were 10 high stakes contests out there. It was and there's still a handful of them today. So that that was really a fun start. And the, and the people were fun and they were they were very independent. They were very uh, egoed, you know, as far as confident, not egoed, but they were confident and they really did. There are people, you know, what I love about fantasy football and fantasy sports is there are people all, all over this world can play great and be great managers and they don't have to be on TV or have a website. And they proved that when they played in the world championship of fantasy football. Yeah, I, I had a fantastic time out at the uh, um, uh, World uh, Fantasy Football World Championships last year out mm -hmm. in Vegas, and that was my first high stakes experience. And standing in the ballroom there, uh, getting ready to draft, overlooking Las Vegas, watching the Raiders Stadium be built, yeah, it was just a phenomenal experience. Yeah, it's a blast. I love the venue there at the Palms, being able to see everything. And a back way win back in the WCFF days had the draft, no online. Everything was on Saturday morning. So, you know, we'd fill, when we got up to our maximums, we were, we were filling a 60,000 square foot ballroom. You'd walk into a ballroom and you know how the tables are U-shaped. They're like four tables put together, like eight foot tables yeah. with uh, 30 inches wide. You walk into a ballroom of 60,000 square feet, you have to ask where your table is. You have to find it. It was so huge. It was just, those Those were just, 
you know, magical times when, when, when it all was at one, one time and not spread out so much. So tell me about how did, how did you guys decide to go with the Thursday night kickoff party then and sort of the all play concept at the beginning of the each league year? What was the philosophy behind that? You mean the first week of all play? Yeah. Well, you know, the problem is the first week, a lot of people don't really, you know, they're not really sure how to do their starting lineups. And it just seemed to think if we, and you get unlucky by accidentally, you know, playing a really good player. And we thought that we'd do that the first week to kind of make it a little bit more palatable. You don't get beat, you know, some guy blows, has a big week and whatnot, but you know, the reality of fantasy is, is head to head is really not the best way to do things. It's the social environment. It's people love to go to the coffee pot on Tuesday morning saying, I beat you and I beat you. So that's the fun part of it. The, the reality is it, you're not really playing the other guy's defense. So total points really is, is a more accurate way of doing it. Although it's not as much fun. Right. So when, when we first started in 02 with the WCFF, we sat down and I said, I really think we should have a wild card teams that make the playoffs who have the most points. And we did that. So, you know, if you're if you're like 10 and two and you, know, you pick you pick a couple teams to have the best record, but then you have another wild card that has the most total points. People love that. They loved that. It turned out to be a great idea. We also went to, to, to decimals. So we, we had decimal scoring. And back in 02, that was kind of like, what are you doing? You know, that's not football. That's not the NFL. Yeah, but we don't want to throw a point away. If you have one yards passing and it gives you 0.05 points, why are you truncating that data? Especially you know, you're a world championship here. You don't want to be truncating data. So that was important. We also did total scoring in the playoffs, which is very unique. And they were very worried about that. There's a guy whose name was, his company name was Statman Plus. I forget his name off the top of my, I think his name was Winston. He had a contest called Statman Plus in the 1990s. And he's the guy who started doing total points in the playoffs. And we just used that idea because I worked with him and we adopted that idea. Problem that we had that first year is it was brand new. And, you know, where people are sending checks and we're going to meeting in Vegas. And, you know, what if we just, you know, they come and they show up and there's an empty ballroom and we stole all their money. So there was a, you know, the nice thing about Lenny and I is we had a lot of foundation of customers who knew us. And so we had some credibility. What happened was in the middle of the pre of the, you know, July or whenever it was, getting people to send money in and, and whatnot, all of a sudden the NFL decided they had a Thursday night game. They decided to start the season with a Thursday night game. That was the first year. And the play, the, our customers panicked. They just panicked. What are we going to do? Because we draft on Saturday. So there's going to be a game on Thursday. What do we do? And it just went nuts. And so we ended up doing a poll. We did a three-option poll, like, don't use week one, don't use Thursday, or just use them all, and everyone can put their lineup in on Sunday morning. If they got players that played Thursday, you get the points. We put the poll out, and 65% picked use Thursday's games and put your lineups in on, on Sunday morning. 
And so we said, look, this is your league. You're, the polls, the poll is giving it uh, that one won. So that's what we're going to use. And I, unfortunately, was the guy who answered phones. Right. So a couple guys, one in particular, nice man, he calls me on the phone and just gives me hell. He's screaming on the phone. How stupid of an idea that is. That's the dumbest thing he's ever heard. But you know what? You put it to a vote. It was 66%. I'll accept it. Man, I can't wait to get to Vegas. It's going to be so much fun. Woo, woo, woo. He was all, he just wanted to bitch. But because we made it a system of voting, we didn't shove it down his throat. He was happy as hell. And that was a great lesson. Well, I drafted Aaron Rodgers uh, last year. And so after that Thursday night game, I was I was okay uh, being able to put in my second quarterback on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys you may have noticed that, let's say a kicker gets 18 points on Thursday night. And um, some people will pick them up just to get sugar in the first week. Right. They'll draft him a round or two earlier than you would expect. Man, I knew last year one of my teams, uh, I, I won the won my division. I was nine and three. I won my division. But I was like fifth or sixth in points. And going into the playoffs, knowing it was total points, I was like, man, this team is not going anywhere. And and sure enough, I was knocked out in the first round. But it, it was like I, I seemed to get everybody's low game all all season long. It it was just one of those seasons where, yeah, uh, if 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 that if, if it had ended after the regular season, I'd have been the king. <laughs> that would have been great. Well, you've got some sugar for that, did you not? I did. I did. I got an entry for this year. Now, that's so. one of the things that we liked in the FFWC is we tried to make the league prizes a little higher percentage than the overall. Because the fact is, you know, if you got 400 people playing in a contest, are you going to really be in the top 10? It's not easy to be in the top five or 10. Where if I can finish second, first, second, or third in my league, or even fourth, and make some decent money, I think I'd be a little happier. You know, you're going to, you're, more people are going to be happy about that. Yeah, it, it was uh, when I got that email, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm, I'm so down for that. I can't wait to get out to Vegas. I'm trying to get my wife to come out this year. She uh, hope, she played yeah. she played in her first league last year. After oh, almost 20, almost 25 years of marriage, she played in her first league last year. Uh, she, she kicked ass, but it was a two week playoff and Marlon Mack let her down in the second week. Oh, yeah. Bummer. Yeah. So she got knocked out. But anyways, she enjoyed it. She oh. did. She did. She, uh, you know, we were at the Midwest uh, Fantasy Football Expo on the day of her draft. She was working the booth with me. Uh, oh. we, we got we got to meet Bob, uh, mm-hmm. Bob and Bob and Kyle, uh, a bunch of other great people from the fantasy industry. And uh, so on the way home, it was her draft, and it was a two minute timer. So she was drafting while I was driving. <laughs> That's great. You know, and she kept going. I don't want you to tell me what to do. I just want you to tell me what you would do and what the other options are. And I'd be like, "Girl, you only got two minutes. Talk fast." Yeah. Hey, uh, Emil, I've uh, got a little bit of a curveball for you here. You you mentioned that you've kind of been really around 
this entire time that the we we've seen this industry grow, uh, you know, monumentous amounts here over the past couple of years. Do you think that Twitter and everything that has kind of helped make this an even bigger industry than probably what it looked like when you first started? Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing with all the the content that is out there now? Oh, it's a good thing. You know, being able to communicate. It's you know this. Oh, what fantasy is is it's a hobby. It's an escape from reality. It's your time away. You know, let's say you're a woodworker and on Saturday at, for two hours you go in your garage and you make chairs and things. It's your escape from the world. That That's why fantasy is so much fun is it gives you that time away and you enjoy a sport like football that you love to watch in. So it adds that. So Twitter and communication and and uh, all, the, uh, all those kind of things really help have fun you're getting on there you're talking you got opinion more people can see what you're doing you get to brag to more people you get to communicate with more people it's fantastic really i'm sure it's i'm sure it's helped a lot yeah i i love it i love the you know at dynasty nerds we have a closed facebook group that has almost seven thousand people in it and then then there's we have i don't know probably 30 writers and they're all over Twitter all the time promoting each other, promoting other, other writers from other industries that are putting out great work. So there's, there's a, I think that the social media has really helped to form. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of tribalism. I'm a dynasty nerd. I'm, I'm fantasy football round table, but also when I see other like, you know, football diehards and when I see, uh, uh, you know, dynasty football factory and guys, when they're doing really great stuff, it's easy to go, Hey, I, I like that too. That's a really interesting perspective and have debate, uh, the occasional argument. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I see a lot of polls. Uh, a lot of dynasty people are putting out a lot of polls on Twitter about, you know, would you take this guy in a number one or this guy in a number two? And I think those are great. Those are really a lot of fun. So what's the best story that you can tell us uh, that's arable, I guess, uh, something, something that we can put out on the airwaves uh, from, from the live drafts? Oh, God, there's probably a couple I'm going to forget, but um, I'll give you a couple quick ones. One guy got drunk. We, had a, we were doing Friday drafts. And this guy was in a it was a it was a it was a best ball, believe it or not. It was back 2003, second year of WCFF. We did third Friday stuff. The guy, like five rounds in, these these people run over and says, "Hey, Emil, this guy is just like falling asleep drunk at the table." We went over the table, and the poor guy he had he had a company, he'd had a bunch of hard liquor, and he was so excited about playing, he overdrank. And so um, Lenny wanted to kick him out of the WCFF the next day. And I said, no, let's just call security. And they put him in a wheelchair and took him into his in the next into his room. And the next day he apologized and he just got too excited and he, he drank too much. The other one, uh, one of the other fun ones is in uh, 07, I think it was, or 08, uh, I had sold the, we had sold the company and they had um, ex-NFL players and I got to draft with Roy Green. I don't know if you remember him. He was a wide receiver for, I think it was uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, he played Before. defensive back too. And yes, he did. Yeah, he was a two-way yeah. player. Nice man. I was playing with him, and I forget what exactly happened, but there was a couple guys 
halfway through the draft that were uh, were joking joking with me and joking with him, and he would call me his general manager. And if he didn't like a pick, he goes, well, I may have to fire you. And they were joking around. And these two guys, uh, we were on pick like five or six, and they were like two and three. And I noticed they had – one of them had like the pro forecast and one had uh, the Die Hards magazine. And so they're drafting with my magazines. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I mean, I don't know why they didn't print out the free cheat sheet. It drives me nuts when I see people that draft. I um, thank you for buying the magazine, but you can print a free updated cheat sheet the day of your draft, dumbass. It's everywhere in the magazine, nonetheless. So we're sitting there. So I waited till the draft got way around to 12. And as they were giving me all this crap, I got up and I went over to them and I said, flip your magazine to page two. And he did. And I said, you see that face there? And he looks, what? Is, this is your magazine? And the guy next to him starts laughing, ha, 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 ha. And I said, hey, flip your magazine to page three. Go, what? <laughs> there my picture was in both mags. And it was hilarious because they were they were giving me crap. And it was just so much fun that they were actually using our, our products. That was some fun stuff. I mean, there's been so many drafts. I can't think of anything uh, too nutty during the draft. But maybe I will here in the next few minutes. Yeah, I remember I was, a, in a, I was. It's I was pretty in serious draft. out there, yeah. Oh, they're very serious, yeah. Uh, I remember I was at a draft locally at a bar. I got in this bar league, and boy, those guys were serious. Everything was about money. You know, the, the, every transaction was money. You know, there were there were more gamblers that were playing fantasy football than the various things. But I went in on like. Preseason games were going on Thursday, Friday, and I was in the bar watching the games. This is before Red Zone and all that stuff. And there was this receiver for uh, Kansas City. It started with a V. I can't remember his name. And he, he was just going nuts. They were throwing him the ball. He caught like 10 balls. He looked like a just a god. So I thought, oh, you know, Sunday. We drafted Sunday morning at the bar. So these two people, I noticed they were watching this player. So halfway, you know, about the first two or three rounds in the draft, him and his girlfriend, you know, were across from me from the table. And I said, hey, uh, they were saying, oh, we've got a guy. We've got a guy. He's going to be incredible this year. He's going to beat everybody. You don't know who he is. We're going to draft this guy. He's this greatest sleeper. I said, well, you know what? I know who you're talking about. They said, no, you don't. No, you don't. We're going to get this guy. You know, I said, okay, okay. So I got a piece of paper out and I said, look. I'm going to write this guy's name down. I wrote the piece guy's name down on a piece of paper. I stuck it in my, my pocket. I said, this is your sleeper right here in my pocket. Bull crap. No way. You know, we know who this guy is. So anyway, several rounds go by. So I, I said to him, said, you guys better pick your guy or I'm going to take him. You know, and then they kept giving me crap. So finally at, at a certain round, I picked the guy and they were like, you did. That's just luck. You didn't know who we were talking about. And then I picked, put the, pulled a piece of paper out and handed it to him. They opened it up. That was the guy's name. Now that is the fun part of drafting. The little frosting on the cake. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the live events. I, I don't know it with the, uh, with the internet being so big now. Is. Uh, how how do the live events compete with the 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 online events for the high stakes with the 
the fantasy football world championship? Well, they've gotten uh, they they they're higher percentage than the live events. More people now play online high stakes. So the WCFF may have sixty percent online and forty percent live. I'm just kind of waving my hands. I don't know if that's the right number. You know, you don't have to spend the money in Vegas. So if you're really hurting to to get the the entry fee in, you can uh, you know play online and you you can minimize the cost. I think being at the event, as you know, as you pointed out, is so fun, and the the, the whole thing about just the, the excitement of, of pre-draft and preparing and being in the draft. And it, it's just a great environment. You know, I, 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 you know, who knows how long everything will last as far as, you know, they'll get smaller, but maybe they'll, maybe with the growth, it'll get bigger, but it's changed. But I think the people who come to the draft get a special, special treatment and a special time. So, but online's cheaper. So, uh, and you know, the technology has gotten good enough that usually you can draft well online and you, you know, without any internet problems and stuff like that. So it's safer. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, but it's such a cool experience out there in Vegas. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying, maybe I'm still trying to convince my wife. So anyway, <laughs> I had another story ready for another yeah. story. Oh yeah, tell me a story. Uh, we were at the uh, oh crack, I, I forget the name of the hotel we we're at that year, but it was a huge draft, of course. WCFF. This guy didn't show up. We had um, helpers that would draft for people if they didn't show up until they showed up. Well, this one guy didn't show up, and I went and drafted his team for about four, four, four or five rounds, and he showed up, and he and he uh, he was a little looked a little tired. So later I said. Okay, he goes. Yeah, he says. Um, I got a hooker last, and I <laughs> got drunk and I fell asleep. <laughs> and I don't think he was joking. I think he was telling the truth. Nothing like uh, Vegas, huh? Nothing like it. So, you, you you've listening to you talk. So you started the the publishing. Football diehards, the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Now there's the Fantasy Football World Championship. So you're quite the entrepreneur. So, and last year you launched FantasyNation.com. So tell us about Fantasy Nation. What made you decide to get going with that? Well, I'm 62. About nine years ago, I got the domain in like 06. Just Luckily, got it. Nobody had it. It it went vacant, and I bought it for $18. But I had an idea about uh, national rankings. And what I had done back in the mid, you know, 2004, 5, and 6-ish is I created high-stakes rankings. I had a high-stakes rankings where I took the top three high-stakes contests and meld everybody together and created yearly high-stakes rankings. And it was extremely popular. People loved it. I would have high stakes players call me on the phone and say, oh, I'm 105 out of you know 3,000 or whatever it is. And he says, God, I'm going to have to play in another league next year so I don't drop in the rankings. Seriously? That's how excited people got about rankings. Right. But I just didn't get to it. And I just, life got busy and, you know, whatever. And I finally decided, you know, 
I really need to do this thing uh, before I get too old. So I, you know, I, I finally did it and put it together. And we have, you know, we got about 14,000 people ranked in 2019 on the site from around the country and, you know, various. And uh, we'll probably finish it up. I don't know if, uh, you know, you guys talked about you had like 6,000 people on your Facebook that play fantasy. Right. Maybe you guys could mention it because I'm probably going to wrap up 2019 pretty soon because we'll start getting into drafts here in a little bit because we're still open for people. You just go in and you you register your account, you link your teams up, and then it it calculates after a period of a few hours your ranking and you get nationally ranked. So but what the, that's, just, that but, was the main impetus to do that. So, but what that's not like people going in and ranking their players. That's people inputting their teams, linking their teams, and their teams getting ranked. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you um, you know, very you, we got NFL, fantasy, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, my fantasy league, Flickr, and uh, Sleeper. And so you just go in and you just connect all your teams. Once you register, you go into My Fantasy and you check all your teams and it pulls and links them in. And then it looks at your results of those leagues and creates Fantasy Nation points. And we have like rankings for only two teams, five teams, ten teams, and infinite. So there's four different stages of rankings. It was because... Uh, you know, some guys have 130 teams. Wow. So, so you're saying we're small time with our 38 teams then. Right. Yeah, you, you're catching up, but you got a couple more steps. So we made rankings for your top two teams, your top five teams, your top 10 teams, and your top whatever, your total, total teams. So there's a couple guys there with 130 that are pretty high under that category. And eventually we're going to do it by state, by city. Not everybody puts their location in. I, I hope they will do that more next year so we can have, you know, Minnesota rankings, you know, Texas rankings. Where are you guys from? I'm, I'm in, in Columbus, Colorado, Ohio. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you could be the number one player in Ohio or you could be the number one player in Columbus. So as we get people to do the rankings more, you know, they're more, more localized and nationally. So it was just an idea I had years ago when I was doing the high stakes rankings that I thought it would be a lot of fun. And we also have the the um, the uh, rankings, which are a lot of fun. And uh, we give away some money for the winners of that. We give $1,000 to the winner of the preseason and $1,000 to the winner of the weekly in season and a few other things scattered about. But it's been a lot of work, but I'm glad I did it. I still got a lot more work to do on it that, uh, you know, it's, I'm so busy. It's really annoying. Uh, I want a break. <laughs> Has it been kind but of interesting seeing people's uh, teams? You know, as you mentioned, a lot of guys put up a lot of teams. Do you see a lot of people that have similar players, similar teams? Or you know, big diversity. I, really, I have not actually looked at their teams. I just look in the calculations and make sure everything's running. That'd be a great point. And that that is, and that is an interesting point. What I watch about, and it kind of correlates to DFS. When I watch these really top players at the FFWC who may end up having 10, 15, 20, 25 high stakes teams spread out over multiple high stakes contests, I see them 
on purpose varying their rosters, kind of like you would with DFS, where you have a you're only mm-hmm. playing this player so much percentage of the time, right? And so they they're taking that tack where they don't want to get caught with you know some player like um, Gurley who you know doesn't do as well as you would hope he would do. So I do see them varying their rosters, but that's one of my problems too. Is when I play, I don't vary my roster well enough. So I've had well, big years if, and bad. If you like a guy, you like a guy. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to consciously go. I, I'm all in on Zeke Elliott, but I've got him on seven teams, and I'm drafting an eighth. But I think he's going to be the RB one. But maybe I should take Saquon. It's it's in your head. You're like. Oh, I know, but in your heart, it's like, no, man, Zeke is my guy. I got to get yeah, Zeke. It's hard, it's hard just, to do. It's hard just to be do. Glad you're not, uh, Go ahead. Just, just be glad you're not incredibly wedded to uh, to a single NFL franchise, or else uh, when when your team took a giant L on the field, all your fantasy teams would also take a giant L. Not that uh, I would know what that's like with my Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, Matt's favorite player is Case Keenum. No. Ouch. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I th- that was one of the Broncos I refused to get. I thought his favorite player you know, was you Kirk gotta Cousins. Respect, you got to respect the guy who you know was a free agent coming out of college. He's made a handful of millions of dollars. He's had a you know a nice season for Minnesota. He's not the greatest guy in the world, you know, player in the world. But yeah. man, you got to at least say I tip my hat for how hard those guys worked and be, you know, that, become made money at the business. The one that crushed me was uh, all the rookie drafts that I took Paxton Lynch and thought that I was going to be a you know. And I my first Ooh. foray into fantasy was two quarterbacks. So I'll you know I'd say seventy percent of the leagues I play in are two quarterback or super flex because that's what I started playing with. And that's where I, so that was, that was an especially tough beat. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. That is very tough. And by the way, I love super flex. I think it's a great yeah. idea and it's fun. It, you know, the problem with the quarterback position is, and that's why a lot of people don't draft quarterbacks and single quarterback starting lineups very early is because, you know, 12th round and you can get the, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th quarter, especially if you got a sleeper and maybe do just as well or that, that person finishes in, let's say, the top six quarterbacks and you've got a value pick there. So super, super flex, uh, it tries to balance that out a little more and doesn't make you yeah. – makes it a little tougher to play games like that. Yeah, unless you uh, you have my strategy where you, you – make your teams the same and you bet heavily on Andrew Luck in Superflex and then then it's just a well of sadness yeah you know what's funny I took over a a Dynasty team uh, Superflex sleeper this year actually did pretty well and I had uh, Jamie uh, Winston Uh, when I picked up the team I said God, I want to just trade or cut that guy I just didn't like him and of course he was huge had a huge year so I kept him. <laughs> yeah, that that now almost perfectly a, uh, describes. That almost perfectly describes. You know, I took over an orphan last year, and I had James Winston. And I thought, "There's no way this is. I can't do this all year." Ended up in the title game. Didn't win, but 
I was like, if I had not had Winston, my first inclination was to dump him. Yeah. But I couldn't find anybody that would take him. And he's the kind of player you don't want to watch the game no. because after one and a half quarters, he's got like minus three points. Right. You go, you go somewhere with your wife and, you know, go shopping for three hours and you come back and he's got 37 fantasy points. <laughs> Just don't watch the game. Oh, it was crazy a, with um, him. There, there were some games where, you know, he'd throw three interceptions and still get you 35 points. It, it was just amazing. I, I, I'll never forget. I never forget the last game of the season when they had to march down the field to win the game in like two minutes. And the first pass, he threw an interception. And uh, Aaron's, the look on Aaron's face as he threw that interception, it was just like, I don't think that guy's coming back. <laughs> I don't think right. Kenny Winston's coming back on that team. He had a shot and he blew it. Yeah. And he really well, the best. The best was his humility in the post-game press conference where he made sure we all knew he was great and interceptions didn't matter and he should get $33 million a year. Did he really say that? I missed that. He said something about $30 million a year that he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. It was was a little stunning. Bruce Arians had a little bit of a different reaction in the (laughs) post-game press conference. Yes, you got to speak it into speak it into uh, uh, fruition. <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what Brady can do on that team. That's going to be very interesting. I don't know what they're going to do at running back. I, I I don't know. I don't think Ronald don't, Jones is the answer. Don't break Matt's heart. You know that he is all on the Ronald Jones train. Ronald yes, Jones RB one twenty twenty. Just you wait. Just you wait, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see what they do in the draft too. But um, yeah. he did begin to, you know, start to develop. It appeared he started to develop somewhat. Uh, can no. they? Can Can Brady make uh, OJ Howard viable enough to really help that team? It's a that, that's a Bruce Arians thing. I just don't think Arians' offense will allow for it. You know, I, I think O.J. Howard is a phenomenal talent, but, man, he, he has to change that offense, and, and I just mm-hmm. don't know if he will. Well, maybe they don't need to, I guess, but it's, um, you know, the, the Gronk scenario, seeing Gronk being able to really help a team go to a championship. But I'm going to yep. find that a lot of fun. I'm going to really find that a lot of fun to see – how that team's developed and maybe Brady's overrated and whatnot, but it's got some incredible talent there. As an Ohio state guy, I got to say, I'm, I'm with you there. Brady is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He ran, he's running out of fingers for super bowl rings. He he should forever thank Bill Belichick, former Cleveland Brown. I think, uh, think that, um, Brady wants to prove that it's him, not Belichick. No, I, I think Brady's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. And and I think that Tampa is gonna they're gonna blend the offenses together at forty two years old. I think that him and Leftwich Arians and Leftwich are smart enough to to know that you can't necessarily teach an old dog new tricks. Uh-huh. So let, let let's let's get it together and, and see uh what we can do so i don't know that defense has been coming on so maybe there's something to it you know godwin and evans are both phenomenal wide receivers 
Well, just wait. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. All the people that are on the O.J. Howard train, and it'll be Cameron Braith that ends up tight end 12. Right. It'd be a goal line guy. Brady, Brady, Brady wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits him at the goal line a lot. So maybe my six point dynasty, thirty nine year old dynasty league, I should pick up uh, one of those tight ends. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you have better options. Yes, definitely. Right. Right. All right. So. I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen with Fantasy Nation this year, and uh, uh, I uh, getting my leagues. Uh, I just linked up my Flea Flicker leagues, or not my Flea Flicker, my MFL leagues. Oh, cool. uh, so one of them didn't link, but I think that might be because I'm currently in the midst of a draft, and there's no 2019 season. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, email me what that is because we got to work okay. on that transition. But I want to hang into the. Yeah, we got to flip it over and whatnot, but um, yeah. So I, the I, other I ones, could... that one of them might be a little screwy because it's a 32-team league. It works. No. It, it, yeah. th- that's the problem with the whole thing is there's a – especially with my fantasy league is, you know, there's so many different options. You know, fishbowl, you got 60 teams in it. Right. And he uses, um, he uses some variables that most people don't, so it's um, – we rank, you know, we, we give points for how well you do in the regular season and we give points for how well you do in the postseason. And we want to normalize those. In, a, in other words, some people may have different scoring systems where they may score more points each week. But we don't want that to, you know, we don't want to give somebody 100 points for winning their league and another guy you gets 200 just because they have a different scoring system. Right. So there's a lot of that that's, a work in progress. We've done a lot of work on it, but it's it's still a lot more work to get a more of a normalized scoring. Yeah, the the upload system was the the system to link it was pretty sweet. It's just a couple drop down menus and click yes, and it linked right up. So it was really easy to use. Now, uh, another thing we're doing, another thing that we're we developed, and we got some other tools we're going to develop before July and August is we have a very simple free agent tool. But when you have 32 teams like one of you has, yeah, you can go in there and say, you know, there's some new player out there that you want to pick up. Let's say it was Singletary in the middle of the season, and you want to see if he's available in any of your leagues. Well, if you've got them all linked up, then you just you just uh, ask it, and it'll tell you in all your leagues whether he's available or not. And if he is not available, it'll tell you what team has them. So you obviously, and then you can just click on the league. And maybe you you check that guy's team out. You may want to make a trade off or something. So that's kind of a fun tool, especially when you got that many leagues. Oh yeah, that'll be sweet. I uh, I I in the thirty two teamer, I actually have Singletary, but one, <laughs> one one week last year, I I I literally started Trey Carson and Josh Adams as my two running backs. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, one 1.5 <sighs> points between the two of them. And I was kind of happy with 1.5 points. It could be. Hey, at least you have uh, at least you had 32 teams, so you had an excuse. I'm pretty sure I ended up with situations like that in a lot smaller <laughs> leagues. <laughs> That's great. Well, Emil, I want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything else you want to plug before we uh, cut this out? 
No, that's that's it. I it was a blast. You guys are great. Uh, it's incredible how Dynasty is so popular, and it's uh, it surprised me how, how how big it is. It's it's really been a blast. And let's just hope uh, we get over this virus, and then we get back to our um, lives and our hobbies, including that's, fantasy sports. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the new magazines coming out. Uh, I'm more of the online version of them. Uh, but, uh, I, I definitely, uh, love the work that, that Bob and John Lobb and Justin Lanero and those guys, uh, and yourself all put into, into those magazines and, uh, um, certainly looking forward to, uh, the, the uh, uh, fantasy football world championships this fall. Wanted to get back there in the high, those high stakes leagues. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get in the really high stakes. I'm more of a mid stakes guy right now. Cause I like being married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you got a budget in your life, whatever it works in your life. You know, you don't want to push, yeah. you know, you don't want to push the envelope in my, you know, you want to be careful what you do. All right. Right on. Well, well thank you. It's been a blast. On, I really appreciate it. All right, Emil. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank and you Matt, so much. Sweet. Have a great night. Thank you, sir. All right. You guys thanks for also. coming on. Thank you. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? <laughs>